up and coming flyweight slash bantamweight prospect kevin worth what's going on kevin how is uh life in california right now good man uh really relaxed no work for a lot of people because of because of lockdown and all that so i'm kind of in that boat but i'm lucky enough to where I, I can keep a few clients and have some online stuff going so i'm making it um and yeah we just now got back to training kind of in the last couple of weeks which is awesome um really happy to be back at it i was feeling a little you know like i, I didn't have enough to do it's good to see all the boys again get back to work did you feel a little uh, cabin fever while being at home so long? Uh, not really. I mean, I live at the at the school that I I train at, so even though the gym was closed, I still had access to like heavy bags and some weight equipment and stuff like that. So I could still do a lot. Um, I just didn't have anybody to work with, so I was able to like get up and get outside and get my energy out and and all that. So cabin fever didn't hit me too hard. Oh yeah, so your uh your situation was much better than a lot of other fighters out there who are just at home with limited access to anything. Yeah, I really lucked out with where I landed and and kind of like the living situation that I was in when this whole thing hit. Your your background, I saw another interview that you did and you talked about your background when you were a kid. You grew up a few years in Europe traveling mm -hmm. around with your family, a little bit different from most uh other other fighters or just other people in general you know what do you remember most about that time um well it wasn't so much traveling my dad's swiss and my mom's american and uh she was a high diver and he was a ski acrobatic um so they met in kind of like not the same traveling circus but kind of uh like they their two companies did a lot of traveling together and so up until i was six we ended up just living in switzerland um, but, uh, but yeah, a little bit of the language I remember, but it, that place is just gorgeous. And I lucked out in that respect too. I have a bunch of, um, family still over there. So I get to go overseas and visit and travel every once in a while. So it's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Getting a little bit of culture, right? Yeah, totally. But really like when it comes to fighting, what really helped me out is my, my parents were, I always call them circus performers, but that's not quite right. But I'm just going to call them circus performers. But, uh, you know, like I remember being really little and them encouraging me to to try flips off the couch and stuff like that. And they just wrap a T-shirt around my waist and, and help me out. And they were never like, oh, no, don't don't go upside down. Don't try backflips. They were always just like, oh, you're doing it wrong. You got to throw your arms more and like whatever. So growing up in a household with that kind of culture, I think, gave me a nice uh, like athletic head start. Oh, yeah. And also made you fearless in many ways right mm -hmm. yeah because there was never like uh there was never like a, oh don't do that it's too dangerous it's just like it was just like if you're gonna do that here's how you do it correctly so you don't hurt yourself and so having that mindset has uh has helped me out a lot in fighting because fighting scary <laughs> yeah it is it's the scariest thing that's why there's only a limited amount of people that are able to do it well mm -hmm. uh now your first gym talk about that place and uh and how old were you when you first got into training any kind of martial art so, like, for as long as I can remember, I always wanted to do, like, be like a three Ninja Turtles or Bruce Lee or, like, whatever. So, when I was in first grade, my parents took me uh, to Kung Fu. And I did Kung Fu with my little brother uh, at a few different places until I was about – until I hit middle school. And then from there uh, – 
I started wrestling when I was young too. And then from there I switched to Capoeira and then found mixed martial arts when I was 18, I think. Um, but yeah, real, okay. real traditional style of Kung Fu. And it's funny because I still like, I've never done karate or, or, you know, I, I don't on purpose bring these traditional arts into my MMA, but I get asked all the time if I, if I'm a karate fighter or if I do Kung Fu or whatever. So I guess I still, I've kept some of that, which, um, which I think is cool. But Yeah. yeah. If you look at some of the, the fights, you know, you do have a, a little bits and pieces of Kung Fu and, and, and the kicks and, mm-hmm. and, uh, it shows, man, it's maybe it's just muscle memory. When you get out there, it just comes out of you. Totally. From, well, I mean, I, I, like, young. I spar like that too. I, I train like mm-hmm. that. I think it's a good style. It's just something that kind of like happened. Mm-hmm. Like I, I study a lot of, uh, like Conor McGregor and Tenshin Mazakawa and both those guys have that real sideways kind of karate stance. And I saw it working for them. I was like, oh, I'm going to try that. And it, it uh, worked for me kind of naturally. Oh, speaking of tension, before the pandemic, you took a long trip throughout Asia. I yeah. saw you visited Japan and Korea and Thailand. And were, were there any other countries that you went through? Nope. Those were the three. Okay, okay. So in Japan, you know, was that your first time in Japan, in Korea? What was the experience like just landing there and, and seeing everything for the first time? Well, the the cultures are awesome. It was really cool because I've never been really out of the West. I've never been to a place that like really gave me culture shock. Um, but there was definitely some things in Japan and definitely uh, Thailand that, uh, that was so far removed from anything that I'm used to. That was a lot of fun. Um, the training in Japan was hard because I didn't know this before they went, but it's, they didn't really do the like drop in student kind of thing. It's like, um, for most places that I found, it's like, if if you're not down to be like dedicated for at least a few months and like, kind of like study under a master, then, then they don't want just like random casual drop ins. So that was a little tough, but, uh, Korea, man, Koreans are tough. I trained at a couple different places. I think I trained at Team Posse and another spot. But the training was always so hard, and their movement's really good. And, uh, like, they just trained so hard. They did, like, an hour and a half of practice and then a half, and a half an hour of, like, Olympic lifting. And they just killed me. I don't know how they pushed themselves through that. But that that was a lot of fun, getting to, getting to see, like, the, the different styles and the different mentalities that different cultures bring into the game because, like, in the West, you see a lot of times people take it so seriously and they put their like mean face on and stuff like that, which it's definitely a way to go. Um, but like Thailand is like the exact opposite of that, where they're smiling and they're kind of talking shit to each other and they're everything's like, hey, hey, and they're like, they're having fun with it like it's a game. Um, it's like, that's much more my style. But yeah, it was, it was fun seeing different attitudes kind of uh, applied to the same game. They're all Asian countries because I've also been to all three of those countries and they're all Asian countries, but it's just so different. Like the, the way people yeah. act, the language is completely different and just their, their mannerisms, everything. But they're all, when you get into the gym, it's, it's serious business for, for, sure. for most of those guys. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's always, it's always hard work and everybody's getting ready for the same thing. Like you said, like, mm-hmm. it's like a, it's a scary sport. So if you're not taking it seriously, you know, you can have fun with it and you can joke and all of that, but if you're not putting in the hard work, part of you knows that, and then the game becomes even scarier. What do you think you gained most from that experience? Because I saw you did a lot of vlogging and interviewing and things like that too. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like I said, part like part of the reason that I went was not so much for like individual techniques, like, you know, with YouTube and everything like that, you can get kind of the same techniques everywhere, but just the, how, how they set up the flow of training, how, how much or little they let people like joke around and, uh, and like different cultures, psychology behind the game, I I thought was really different, um, and, and interesting. And then it's sort of like mixed martial arts where you can like, pick and choose like, Oh, this works for me. This works for me. This doesn't work for me. Um, so it was really good to just like go around and talk to lots of different fighters and lots of different coaches, coaches and kind of like pick their brains more on the, uh, the mental side of the game. It's always good to run into people and, and, and also in those countries, you never know, uh, who you're going to run into Thailand, (laughs) especially, you know, you go to like, I saw you were at tiger and in tiger, it's just, um, have you ever been to a facility like that before? It's like the biggest place I've ever been. It's just massive there. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And good people on every map. Mm-hmm. Lots of fun coaches. Yeah, that, that was fun, man. No, I've never been to a place like that. And that was also really cool because, like, obviously you're in Thailand, but uh, but there's people from England, Russia, Germany, all over the world that come train there. So you get, you get to see those different attitudes and different, like, approaches to the game almost with every new sparring partner, which was a lot of fun. And just like a, not so much like a confidence builder, but just like, you know, the more people you fight and the more people that you spar with, the more human everybody becomes and humans are much less scary. Like for me, I know I have a, uh, like a habit of turning my opponents into monsters before I actually see them. And then I'm like, oh, you're just a guy my size. All right, fine. Like, Mm -hmm. so being exposed to lots of different people, kind of humanizing everybody whether they're thai or japanese or or whatever was was really good for me digital dojo mma you know that's your your business that you run uh why did you decide to create that was it something that you needed to supplement the income or is it just a passion project that you have right now it's a it's a passion project it helps a little bit with income um it was something that i liked uh that i set up before traveling so that because uh, I'm a personal trainer and a coach as well, so that I could keep working with my students and stuff like that uh, that still wanted to train while I was gone. Um, and now it's just a thing that's kind of like up and running. But uh, but yeah, man, I really like uh, like the movements behind the moves, kind of like uh, you, you know, like teaching people how to control their bodies. Because a lot of times, like you know, it doesn't matter if you know how to throw a kick if your hips are tight and you're slow and you're not quite connected, like, so like getting people moving in a way that opens them up and makes them athletic so that when they go to their actual gym, they learn how to throw a kick, their body's prepared for that. That was kind of the thought process behind the, the project. There's a big misconception. I feel like when people or fans just watch people fight fighters fight in the cage and they feel like, Oh, I could do those moves. But when they get there, it's a completely different those guys have been practicing for 10 plus years mm-hmm. to get those moves down and i feel like once you get into the gym you realize that it's not easy at all for sure and it's not just like throwing one move i mean you can teach somebody how to throw a kick or how to throw a punch in a few months and they can get that pretty down but it's like when to throw it how to set it up being relaxed while you're being attacked all those things don't come easy they take a lot of like investment and loss like a lot of being down to just get beat up until you're okay with getting beat up um before you can start to like keep your head enough to apply those moves that you learn that's the hard part i think 
Now, you yourself, as a professional, you're 8-1. The only blemish you have is a split decision. Does that fight still burn inside you, or did you accept it and, and just move on? No, it was a good fight against a good guy that I learned a lot from. Um, I'm not in this to always have a perfect record. I mean, perfect record comes with more money and more opportunity. Uh, and so that would be cool. But really, I'm here to like learn as much about my myself and about the sport as I can. And, and uh, I've had a loss in my professional career and a couple losses in my uh, in, in my amateur career that were some of the most helpful things for me. But I think if you if you lose, you know, it, maybe that sucks, but it only really sucks if you don't learn the lesson. If you, if you learn the lesson from a loss, it can really help you out. Um, and so there were some mental things that I learned and some technical things about how I was doing my stance and why I was moving straight backwards in lines and getting myself takedown and stuff like that that I was able to fix. And, and now they're fixed. No, like I was able to close that hole. So, uh, so it's okay. It doesn't burn me. With a fan that's first learning about you and and want to want to see something that that shows your best qualities what fight do you feel like that that shows that 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 you performed so well that it was just almost like a flawless victory i don't have one man like that's part of the reason why i keep fighting you know it's like a it's like a piece of art or something like everybody's kind of after their perfect performance or after their, their perfect piece of art. But like what keeps a lot of us fighting is that frustration of like, like you go in and you perform well, whether you win or lose. And there's, there's something that wasn't quite perfect about it. And you're like, ah, oh, shit. Okay. I want to fix that for the next time. All right. Okay. Now there's gotta be a next time. And like, that's like part of the driving force is that I, I don't have my, my perfect fight yet or my perfect like piece of art that I can show people and be like, this was me at my like most perfect. So I'm still chasing that. All right. Now with you, you're on a three fight winning streak. What's next for you? What do you expect out of this year when, when shows start popping back up and, and with, you know, the UFC is still going. So <laughs> maybe that, I don't know what's contender series. What is your, what is, what is your focus? Well, an article came out um, that voted me, I think it was MMA Weekly. It was, it was something, uh, mm. and they voted me one of the top ten guys this year to be on the Contender Series. Uh, and so I have a manager pushing for that. That would be awesome. I would love, you know, for the goal for everybody that's serious about this is the UFC. That's the place that you can make a living. Or one, there's a couple good places to go now. I don't really mind, but what would what I'd like to do is really make a good living for a while. Uh, being able to do this thing that I really like. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's kind of hard to tell cause COVID hit and everything. So a lot of the smaller organizations shut down for a while. And so like the plan is just kind of like to get back to training, get into really good shape. And then when something pops up, be ready to take it. But definitely the contender series is something that me and my manager have our eye on. If uh, fans want to learn from you, you know, they want to just meet you. They could go to the arena in San Diego. Yeah. And uh, Kevin, thank you, man, so much for the time. Go visit his website, Digital Dojo MMA, and uh, learn something. Thank you so Absolutely. much. And uh, hopefully you get signed and you get your fight set up. And, and next time I talk to you, you're making your debut. Uh, yeah, man. Let, let's do that. Let's talk again. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, hopefully that's the case. That'd be fucking rad.